Obtuse Podcast 133. Burn the boats. I have a theory. One of the reasons people get burned out in ministry is not overcommitment, but undercommitment. Now, I imagine that statement makes zero sense on the top end of this podcast, but I hope by the end of this episode that maybe my theory resonates with you and makes a little bit of sense. One of my favorite accounts in history is that of Cortez. In 1519, Cortez, who is a Spanish conqueror, if you didn't know that, led an expedition to the shores of Mexico with the intentions of conquering the powerful Aztec Empire. And he arrived at the Yucatan Peninsula with a small force of around 600 men. And his path to conquering the Aztecs was going to be full of challenges and obstacles. Now, let's just push pause right here. We understand that for a lot of people, this history would be um, uh, frowned upon. It definitely would not be politically correct. However, I think we can learn some things from history. And that's all we're trying to do here. We're trying to learn something from Cortez. So he has 600 men that he's trying to take on arguably the most powerful empire in the Western Hemisphere. So as Cortez and his men made their way inland, they start facing resistance from the population. Obviously, they're wary of these newcomers. And it quickly becomes clear that Cortez's greatest challenge is not going to be the Aztecs themselves, but the potential for mutiny and retreat from his own men. Because many of his soldiers, many of his 600 men are growing fearful and they express a desire to return back to Cuba where they had just sailed from. And so recognizing the gravity of the situation, Cortez made a bold and fateful decision. He gathered his men on the shores of the peninsula, and in a dramatic and inspirational gesture, he scuttles the ships. He had 11 ships in his fleet. He burns the boats, sinks the boats. There's some debate on exactly how that happened. Either way, the ships are now at the bottom of the ocean. And the sight of this, he turns to his, his men and says, we're either going to go home as conquerors or we're not going home at all. We're either going home as conquerors on their ships well, we're not going home at all. And so when he burnt the boats, they had no choice now but to move forward and to conquer or to perish. And this was obviously an audacious act, but it sent a powerful message to his, to his troops. We are fully committed. We are unwavering in our mission. There's no turning back. There's only the path forward. The retreat is cut off. We have no option but to press forward and to conquer and to fulfill the mission. And ultimately, his decision to burn the boats was successful. And it went down in history as a symbol of determination resolve in the face of adversity. And it galvanized his troops, and they ultimately did what they called to do. Now, wh why did they have the resolve? Well, they had this resolve because they were fully invested, and there's no turning back. I mean, you're not going to swim to Cuba. So, I mean, you have to conquer. You have to fulfill the mission. And here's the deal. Following Christ as believers and following his call in ministry is an audacious undertaking to be a pastor, department leader, deacon, is just a monumental undertaking, really, because you're called to steward people, and that's never an easy task. So when we commit to this undertaking, it requires nothing less than full devotion. But really, the truth of the matter is, being a Christian requires nothing less than full devotion. In Matthew chapter number 10, verse 34 through 39, Jesus is speaking, and he says this. He said, look, do not think that I have come to bring peace to earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be that of his own household. Whoever loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So when you take Jesus' words and you start to 
really think about what they mean. They mean burn your boats and go all in. That's the only option. There, there is no middle ground when it comes to following Christ. Therefore, there is no middle ground when it comes to our calling. Jesus makes it very, very clear that there is a price tag associated to following him. And sometimes that price tag is, is, is staggering. Every dream, every calling, every day you say yes to Christ, there's a price tag associated with it. There are some price tags that get a lot of airtime in the ministry circles. These are the price tags that you are familiar with. For example, ministry requires long hours. Ministry is not the most lucrative job you're going to be a part of. If you're a volunteer, obviously there's no financial gain for you. People are going to attack you personally. They'll attack your character. They'll attack your judgments. You're going to be misunderstood, all this stuff. You, you'll invest in people's lives for them just to leave. People only remember what you did yesterday. They don't care. They don't remember anything that you are doing today, nor are they going to give you grace for today. They don't care what you did yesterday. You, you, you may not hear a lot of thank yous in ministry. You might spend a lot of time on sermons and they don't land well. You might plan events and no one shows up to you. you you'll have meetings that um, everybody bells on at the 11th hour, you know, that's just the reality of ministry. That's the price tag associated. We all know those, those, those costs. It could be worse. In the Bible days, death was always an option for them under uh, persecuting uh, Roman government, uh, under persecuting Jews. I mean, all these things. I mean, that there's, there's a high price tag. These are legitimate costs that we are all going to experience if we have not already experienced these costs. And if you're not willing to pay this price, then get out now because you will pay that price. But here's the catch. Those are not the only costs that you will be paying. See, if you're going to be in ministry long enough, there's some hidden fees, some hidden costs. These are costs that are not as obvious to people. They get little airtime in the ministry circles. These are like the hidden fees when you sign on a new cell phone. They tell you the cell phone is going to cost X amount of dollars and the plan is going to be such and such. But every time you get the bill, it's always more than what they tell you because there's some hidden fees. There's fees associated. There's always an asterisk next to that price tag because they're going to add something else on top. And the same thing is true in ministry. There are some hidden costs that you're going to have to pay in ministry. And those hidden costs are always going to be related to the three commodities that you have in your life, your time, your talent, your treasure. So let me just give you some of these hidden costs. There, there's some hidden costs with the commodity of time that you have, right? For example, you will deal with people who are in distress. And dealing with people who are in distress means that their crisis is more important than anything else you have going on in your life, in their mind. So, for example, you might be sick as a dog with the flu, and someone calls you, and, and they say, hey, how are you doing? How are you doing, pastor? Oh, I, man, I'm really sick right now. I got the flu. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that you were sick. This is only going to take just a minute. Let me tell you about something that I need your opinion on. And then they proceed to spend the next 30 minutes while you're trying to throw up your guts explaining to you some crisis they have in their life. You know, I mean, you could be at a family funeral. I've seen this so many times. You're at a family funeral and people start walking up telling you about the time that their loved one died. You know, you have to suffer through that. So when people are in crisis, all they care about is fixing their crisis and frankly, they don't mean it this way, but this is the truth. They don't care about you or the situation that you find yourselves in. They, they, they don't mean to be selfish. They're just not thinking clearly. Their crisis, no matter how ridiculous you think their crisis might be, is dominating their focus. So when you get in ministry, one of the hidden costs associated with your time is that people are going to try to insert their problems into your life when it's convenient for them. 
Speaking of convenient for them, another hidden cost associated with your time is that your schedule is not as sacred as their schedule. Let me give you an example of this. This happens to me all the time. It's interesting. People will call and say, hey, man, we're facing divorce. You know, our, 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 our marriage is on the rocks. We, we, we are desperate to get some help. So when can we meet? Well, you know, I got uh, work from, you know, 8 to 630. Uh, then after that, you know, the kids have ball games. And then we'd like to eat some dinner. So probably like 930. Can we, can we meet at 930? That's when it's convenient. Or, or Saturday morning. You know, I'm, I'm all for work on Saturday morning. You know, now if they went to a, a doctor's appointment, they're going to work around the doctor's schedules. They want you to work on their schedule. They, they just don't care about yours. And then again, they're not trying to be mean. You just have to be ready for that. That's a, that's a price to be paid. So, so you have to make some decisions when it comes to the commodity of your time. How much of that are you willing to give to other people? You know, how much of that price are you willing to pay? And only you can determine that. But be ready. There's some hidden fees. They're, they're, they're not gonna, their crisis is going to trump your schedule, and they're going to try to make everything convenient for them. Now, there's some hidden costs associated with the commodity of talent. There's some hidden fees when it comes to your talent. For example, you're going to have to be willing to be misunderstood and not heard. You know, ministry is primarily about using your voice. You mean, the gospel is a message. Making disciples requires communicating. Counseling requires your voice. Training volunteers, raising leadership, all that requires your voice. Very few things in ministry are going to require physical labor. Yes, we all have to set up for events and we have to, you know, plunge the toilet, etc. But the primary tool that's in your arsenal is going to be your voice. And here's the problem. Communication always breaks down somewhere along the lines. You might be the best communicator in the world, but if the receiver's broken, communication still doesn't work. So as a result, one of the prices that you have to be willing to pay in ministry, one of the hidden fees is that people will make a lot of assumptions, and as a result, they will misunderstand your leadership. They will misunderstand your message. They will misunderstand what you're trying to say. A lot of times, people aren't going to be listening at all. You're going to be preaching, teaching, pouring out your heart, and people are going to be playing on their cell phones, sleeping. They just don't care what you have to say that day. So they don't care about you. They're just preoccupied with something else. You'll be communicating clearly, and people will ask a question five minutes later that you just addressed, but they weren't paying attention, and it's going to grind your gears. You know, I mean, Jesus had the same problem with the disciples. How many times they come ask him a question that he had already addressed? And how many times did he look at him and say, are you still dull? Do you not have understanding? Like even Jesus was getting frustrated with the communication breakdown. That is a hidden fee that comes with ministry. Here's another hidden cost associated with the commodity of your talent. Most exits in ministry will cause someone disappointment. When you're serving in a ministry position, you're pouring out your life, your soul into that position, and you are paying a high price to do it. You're using every ounce of talent you have to try to do God's work. However, every ministry position will come to an end sooner or later. Let me say that again. Every ministry position will come to an end sooner or later. The rapture is going to happen. Somebody's going to die. Or somebody's going to get quit or asked to leave. That's just how it is. Pastors move on. People are asked to release their ministry position. Unfortunately, sometimes people sin and are required to step away. Sometimes God just calls you somewhere else. And from my seat, most of the time, when a ministry position ends, when it comes to an end, someone, somewhere, has some degree 
of disappointment. A pastor is disappointed that a staff member is going to a new church. Bigger church. Staff member is wounded that the pastor asked him to resign. The church feels betrayed. The lead pastor goes somewhere else. Painful ministry transitions have been a part of the church going all the way back to Paul and Barnabas. That's just part of the gig. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying we shouldn't do better. We shouldn't strive to do better. Sure, of course, all those things. But here's the truth. There's the way things should be, and then there's the way things are. And here's the facts. Here's the way things are. Most ministry exits are painful. So that's a price that you're going to have to pay. And if you, that's a hidden fee that no one talks about, but it, it's coming. It's coming. Here's another commodity cost. People will assume that you can fix their problems. This is one of my favorite things about pastoring, actually. It just it, it, It's funny to me. You know, you're a leader, and people look to leaders to fix their problem. And so often people will look to you personally or to your church to fix their problem that you might not have skills to fix. Like I've had people call and say, hey, my sink is leaking. Can you fix that? Now, what qualifies me to be a plumber? Nothing. You know, one of my favorite ministry stories is one time when I was on staff, um, youth pastoring, there was a wealthy couple in the church that had just built a, I mean, I would assume north of a million dollar house. I mean, they, they had done very well financially. Um, house was getting finished uh, and they did not want to pay a moving company. So they called the pastor and said, hey, can you and the staff come help us move? And because my pastor is a great guy who loves people, he said yes. So we showed up at this, um, at this storage unit that they had purchased. And it wasn't a storage unit where the garage door was facing out. It was a storage unit where you had to go through a residential type door with a long hallway with all these storage units. And of course, theirs is at the very back. And so we walked back there. They opened up their door to their storage unit, and it's full of hundreds and hundreds of small liquor boxes full of their junk that they don't care about. Hundreds of these things. And so we make hundreds of trips with these little tiny boxes to, you know, this U-Haul. Then we get to their house, and they say, okay, we want to take all this stuff upstairs and put it in the attic. By the way, we have white carpet, so we need you to take your shoes off at the door. So in my mind, my head's about to explode because here we are to help these people who could afford a moving company. Now we're doing it, doing moving liquor boxes because they're too cheap to go buy normal boxes. And now we're going to take off our shoes a hundred times to take this stuff upstairs. And, and pastor could see that my face is about to explode. And I'm trying not to say anything uh, because that's not the right thing to do. And uh, he gets it worked out. We still have to carry everything upstairs, but we don't take our shoes off. Anyways, that's here and over there. Why did those people think that we were a moving company? Because we were pastors. And here's the deal. There's a price to pay. You're a leader, and people are going to look to you to fix a problem. Now, I'm not saying you have to pay all that price. There, there's certain things that you can and should say no to, but just get ready for the ask. Speaking of talent and commodity, you will invest your knowledge and your talent into some other people. You're going to invest your soul just to watch them flake out. It happens all the time. It's part of it, part of it. Not only is there hidden costs in the commodities of time and talent, but there's also hidden commodities in the treasure. You know, for lead pastors and boards specifically, one of the hidden costs that no one tells you about when you're leading a church is that people are going to constantly make financial requests of the church that really don't advance God's kingdom. You know, you're going to have more requests 
then you have offers to help contribute. And so a lot of people will ask, few will say thank you. Uh, you're going to have to look at this, and a lot of times you're going to be doing things that you feel like you're throwing good money at bad, but you want to honor um, the Lord's command to take care of the least of these. I mean, this is all very difficult things to figure out. It's a hidden cost that no one talks about, but you have to kind of walk through it. But perhaps the greatest treasure that people are going to have to pay, that you're going to have to pay, that no one talks about, is the hidden cost of your kids. And this one's important. You know, you will watch your kids pay a price that they did not ask to pay to serve as you serve in the church at a high capacity. You know, my son, the staff kids, they spend more time at this church than any other volunteer, not even close. Serving. Serving. They're here. You know, when we get here very, very in the morning on Sunday morning, the kids are here. They're here before anybody else shows up. It's a price that they have to pay. And I think it could be argued you know, that most kids have to pay a price for their parents to work a job. You know, if I, I worked at Walmart and I got called in for the night shift, you know, my son would be paying a price. The difference is, and this is where we got to be careful, the difference is I don't care if my kid hates Walmart in 20 years. However, I want my son to love Christ and his bride. So you have to be aware that when you say yes, it means that your kids are also saying yes to something. Now, I think it, that can be a good thing. I think that um, for our family, at least my son being a part of the ministry process has been, um, more beneficial to him than, than, um, uh, what the price he's paid in. Um, he loves church. He loves being here. In fact, we had to cancel a meeting a while back and he was disappointed. He's like, man, I like going to that meeting. I said, yeah, but I don't want to burn everybody else out. I know you love it. So, but we just have to be aware. These are, these are some hidden costs, hidden costs. Now let's bring this all together because I, I'm going somewhere with this. Why did Jesus tell us that we had died to ourselves? Why didn't he tell us we have, he has, that we have to protect ourselves from these costs? You know, why did Jesus say be fully committed? Why didn't he say, now listen, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to demand a lot of things from you, so be careful instead. Like this seems counterproductive to say pick up your cross and die to yourself. But here's what I think the, the answer is to that question. Here's why I think Jesus told us to be fully invested versus protecting ourselves. This is it's the same reason that Cortez had his men burn the boats. I think being fully invested better protects us than being half-hearted invested. And here's what I mean. Let's think back to Cortez. What does Cortez burning the boats have to do with hidden cost of ministry? You see, when Cortez, what he understood was that if he didn't burn the boats, the men were not going to have the resolve to figure out how to win the fight. And chances are they were all going to die. But with the, boats on the, with the boats on the bank, they had an exit. They wouldn't be fully invested, and they could always jump on the ship if they need to. However, when the bur- boats were burned, the men understood that they had no choice but to figure out how to win. And I think that's why Jesus told us to pick up our cross. Because when we choose to go all in in following Christ personally, and when we choose to go all in on our calling, it will force us to work through the hidden cost in such a way that it will not bankrupt us. You see, in ministry, if I have one eye on the exit, then I'm always going to, I'm not going to have the situational awareness that is needed to manage my time, my talent, and my treasure. But when I am in my calling and I know that there's no exit, now I have to figure out how to manage this because I realize I have limited resources and I'm willing to give all these resources but I need to make sure I don't bankrupt myself in the process. 
I can't quit tomorrow. I have to make this work. So for me personally, like I intend to be in ministry the entire time that Knox is in my house. There is no exit strategy. So I better figure out how to manage the demands of the job with the requirements that my son has so that he loves Christ and the church. I plan on being in ministry for a long time, so I better figure out how to disappoint people so that I don't flake out. I I better figure out how to manage my marriage and my ministry because there is no exit strategy. I've burned my boats. I've burned my boats, and I'm all in. And I think if you chew on that for just a little bit, you'll realize that when we are fully invested, it forces us to figure out how to manage the, the, the explicit cost and the hidden cost of ministry. And when we figure out how to manage it, we're going to be healthier, our families are going to be healthier, and our ministry is going to be healthier. So you need to take stock of your resources. What resources do you have in your life that perhaps you're, you're overexpending? And is it because you're not fully invested? Is it because you're, you're, you're expending yourself in a way that's not going to be advantageous in the long run? Because when we're in this thing for the long run, we will figure out how to win today, but we'll also make sure to figure out how to have some reserve in the bank so that we can still win tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that and the day after that. Burn your boats. Go all in. God bless you.